But we are in a series called Me and My House. Everybody say, Me and My House. And, Me uh, and My House. Throughout the series, we've been talking all about how we build our vision for our future family. How do we build uh, and still honor God in our current family? Um, and I just love that graphic so yeah, it's much. So cool. That graphic is so cool. It is really cool. Um, but we are going to have a text in number, yeah. correct? Yes. Um, but before we uh, do that, we just have a few questions to kind of break the ice. Yeah. Some things that we've been thinking about, questions that we can answer. Uh, so if you guys look up there, there's a texting question right there. Um, just anything that you are kind of swimming in, thinking about when it pertains to family, relationships, people in your life, uh, things like that. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to open that up for you guys and we'll just get ready with the discussion. So you want to pray? Yeah, let's pray. God, thank you for uh, just the opportunity to be here at Undivided. God, we thank you for the privilege it is to be here every day or every week. Sorry, God. Uh, every week, every Wednesday, praising you, growing with you. So, God, as we just go into this discussion, as we talk about our families, uh, the structure of our houses, our siblings, parents, just everything pertaining to our homes, uh, present and future, that you would just help us to learn more about you, grow in you. I pray, God, that we would just have open hearts to, to listen and ears to hear what you have to speak. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just to recap a little bit of the house, or <laughs> of the series, Me and My House. Uh, we open up the series talking about serving the house, a.k.a. talking about serving the church, being a part of the church, being plugged into the church. Malachi uh, talked about your future self. Who remembers that message? That was fire. Talking about like serving the Lord for your future family. Um, and then last week, I talked about the lies that we are uh, receiving from the enemy and how he plants things in our minds and in our heads. And then those lies become our daily thoughts and things that we live on and um, but then I, on the opposite side, talked about what Jesus says about us and the truth that comes from that. So um, first question we have is how do you deal with some of the lies that we talked about? How do we deal with some of the lies that we talked about? Meaning last week we talked about the lies of the enemy. How do we deal with that? Uh, main thing that I do is combat it with scripture. Um... For those who don't know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he combated the lies of the enemy, or not really lies, but uh, temptations, rather, of the enemy with scripture. Uh, so he, he spoke scripture back to uh, the enemy. Uh, the, the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies, uh, and that's his native language. Um, so when Satan speaks to you and he says you're, you're worthless or you're this or you're that or kind of these negative things that we believe about ourselves, Number one thing that I'll always tell people is combat that with God's word. Wow. What does God's word say about you? Uh, a lie of the enemy is that you're worthless. Uh, a truth in God's word is that he knows every hair on your head. Uh, he, he, his thoughts about you outnumber the grains of, of sand on the beaches. Um, so two of those things can't be true. You can't be worthless, but yet God thinks these amazing things about you. You have to combat lies with the truth. Um, so if you're ever kind of struggling with your identity and, and, and fighting against lies, uh, combat it with God's word. Um, I remember a couple weeks ago uh, in Breakfast Club, we kind of shared a similar thought with the whiteboard. Um, and I wrote on there. That's exactly what I did last week. Yeah. Um, I wrote, I forgot what I wrote. Um, but it was a lie that I, I felt like weak. I felt weak. 
Um, but I combat that with the scripture that says I can, through, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Um, so whenever I feel like I'm believing a lie, combat it with scripture. You can literally say, what does, what does the Bible say about being strong? What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? So that's, that's the first thing that I would say. Yeah. I also believe that in, in those moments that talking to God, praying about it, relieves the, the, the stress of it all. I think that for me, when, when I'm going through a hard time and I'm believing lies of the enemy or I'm, I'm struggling with something and I'm keeping it in and, and holding on to it, is, it, it turns out to be worse for me. But I just, in this moment of like getting in my prayer closet and like releasing it, I feel like God is actually working in me in those moments. And the things that I'm believing or talking about end up becoming, like I feel set free from it. So get in your prayer closet. If the enemy is throwing lies at you and you're struggling mentally, make sure you're praying. Stay prayed up. Like faithfully pray. Yeah, because... Um what we believe about ourselves dictates how we walk. Like, for me personally, when I believe a lie, you guys can, like, I walk with my head down. Like, my, my shoulders are sunk and my head is down. Um, and, and what we believe about, about ourselves mentally is uh, evidenced physically. Uh, people could look down at the ground. They can have a physical, like, a sunken look about them. They have, they have a, you know, a look on their face, all, the, all those kinds of things. Uh, but like Talyn just said, pray. One thing I do... As I ask God, please just help me with these lies because I'm believing them way too much. I think something should be said about just ask God for help. Like mm. um, a couple a couple weeks ago, I was struggling with just this thought of I just keep making mistakes. I just keep making mistakes. I keep messing up. I don't. I can't do anything right. I prayed and I said, God, tell me what you say about me. Tell me what you say about me. Remind me of who I am. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's not complicated. It's just asking God. Remind me of who I am and remind me of how much you love me, and that'll set you free. Yeah. Also, the last thought about this is, is know what you're fighting for or know what you're fighting against as well. Like, I know what I'm fighting for, but I also know what I'm fighting against. And, and, and if I'm fighting for hope and peace and love and joy, I'm fighting against depression, anxiety, the enemy, and the things that come with that. And so you have to wake up every morning knowing what you're fighting for. And I, I gave that analogy last week talking about, like, what's your fight song? Like, what are you going to wake up to every morning? Is it worship? Is it the word? Is it prayer when you walk out of the house? Or is it the lies of the enemy and secular music and the, the depression that you're feeling when you walk out of the house? So know what you're fighting for every morning. When you wake up and you're believing the lies of the enemy, that's what you're going to believe every day unless you combat that, unless you're fighting for something. So continue to fight. Dude, uh, I'm so happy you said that. Uh, another important thing, practically, uh, this is just really good. Um, what do you run to first in the morning? Um, and this is super simple. Like, do you run the, if you run the social media first, um, it's no wonder you, you feel these certain things about yourself. Um, but if you run to God's word that encourages us and tells us who we are, it, it's so simple. It's like if you run the Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, everything that people are talking about, comparison is the thief of joy. And I feel like what, uh, what causes us to believe lies is we compare ourselves so much to other people. Um, I struggle with comparison too. I compare myself to other 
youth leaders and other pastors at other churches, and I'm just like, God, why can't I be as good as them? Why can't I preach as good as them? Why can't I be a good enough leader or this is in that? And one thing I have to do is, like, I can't get on Instagram in the morning. Ooh. I can't get on Instagram in the morning. I have to read the Bible or pray first because if I fill my mind with Instagram and with TikTok and with Snapchat, like, I'm just, you've already started the day on the wrong foot. So I want to ask you guys a question. What do you run to first in the morning? And that will dictate the rest of the day. That will dictate how you think about yourself. That will dictate everything. If you run to God first in his word and you pray, you're starting off on the right foot. Yeah. If you start first with Instagram and all those kinds of things, check if that's affecting you or not. Because it's so easy to, right, most of us in this room, if, if we can be honest, sleep with the phone right next to our bed, Yeah. Most of us, if, if we're being honest, we can raise our hand. We sleep with the phone right next to our bed. So it's so easy to roll out of bed and grab your phone. One question I'd have for you is what, what's a practical way for us to get out of that habit, break that cycle of us rolling over, and the first thing we do is check who said something about the story we posted last night or who liked our TikTok or who liked our Instagram picture, whatever, whatever the case is. Like what's a practical way for us to get out of bed and not be the first thing we do is grab our phone? That's good. Um, one thing that I want to start doing is sometimes I leave my phone in the bathroom. Sometimes I literally lock my phone away, and I just don't touch it until the morning. And I have my Apple Watch with the alarm, and I leave that by my bed, and I do not sleep with my phone next to my bed. I can't do it. Malachi with that Apple Watch, bro. It what? It's the funniest thing. What is wrong? It's that is your life, bro. Smack the wrist again. <laughs> you know. Bro no, you like, guys know how I do that. be in a meeting, and bro be like, yeah. This thing's cool. Is there a spider on his arm? <laughs> Dude, there was, there was a time in my life where I thought Apple Watches were the dumbest thing ever. Now I love this thing. How much did you pay for that Apple Watch, brother? Guys, guys I, paid, I paid 40 bucks for this thing. Pastor, like, pa I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. Dude, 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 this thing is so awesome. Dude, 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 40 bucks. And Pastor Taylor, I was in his office and he, I, was, I was in a meeting, and he was like, hey, dude, you want this Apple Watch? And I was like, yeah, how much are you spelling it for? He's like, 40 bucks. I was like, yes, and I bought it. I love this thing. It only holds a charge for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's That's not true. It's a 45-minute charge life. It's, it's, hey, more like two and a half, it's more like two and a half hours. <laughs> but this thing's awesome. 40 bucks. It's fantastic. <laughs> Getting, <laughs> All right, we got we to gotta keep going. All right, All right, next question we have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, that's funny. What do I do if I want to serve the Lord, but my friends and family are anti-God? Um, so I live with, my, I live with my, my mother. I live with my stepfather. I live with my younger sister, my older brother, and my nephew. Uh, and... None of them are following Jesus. Um, I would say none of them are opposed, like like violently opposed, because there's different there's different areas of your walk with God. Um, either you love Jesus, you've repented, you've you've seek the Lord Jesus, you know God, you love God, you are following Him, or you're kind of apathetic. For those who don't know what apathetic means, it's like. You kind of really don't care. You're kind of, God's all right and all that kind of stuff. Or you can actively, like, hate God. 
hate Christianity. Like you're actively against God. Like you hate him. Um, and you're opposed to it at, at, at any cost. My family's kind of in this predicament where they're more apathetic towards God. They're kind of like, uh, if you want to seek God, if you want to go to church, you do whatever you want. Um, but I'm in the process of praying for them because it's not enough to kind of just believe that God exists. You got to follow God. You got to you got to love him. Bible says that if we love God, we obey what he calls us to do. Um, so first thing that I do is I pray for my family. I pray for my family every week. I say, God, save my family. Open up the hearts of my family to know you, uh, to, to understand more about you. Open up opportunities for me to preach the gospel to them, to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about you. I, I invite them to church every chance that I get. Yeah. I invite my little brother, Jaden. Some of you guys may know who Jaden. He says no every time, but I'm still going to keep inviting him because I love him. Uh, but it's like contending for that. But what I would say uh, towards people who you don't really live in a house where people are where your people in your house are more apathetic, they're like violently against it. Like they kind of don't want you going to church or every time you mention Jesus, people get angry or people get upset. If you're in those, if you're in that environment, um, first thing I would say is what does your prayer life look like? Um, are you praying that God would strengthen you to, uh, to keep persevering through yeah. that? Because that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard to be in a household where it's not like people in your house don't really care. It's like they're actively against it. That's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, but the first thing that I would say is how are you praying? Um, and are you allowing what they're doing to kind of affect you a little bit? Are you seeking Jesus? You're still serving? Um, all of those sorts of things, or are you kind of allowing them to affect you? I would say, how are you praying? And are you allowing Jesus to be the center, or are you kind of letting them right. dictate what right. you do? Because right. it's tough. You have to honor your parents. Right. It's, it's really, really tough. Like, you have to honor your parents, but Jesus is the number one thing in your life, so it's kind of difficult. Um, honor your parents and what they call you to do, but that doesn't mean that you can't see Keep reading, keep praying, keep growing, being at the house. Um, so don't let that stop you. I'd say for, for me, it, it's two things. We say this all the time when it comes to the friends we have outside of the church. It's show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Right? Show me your closest five friends, I'll tell you what your future looks like. So if you're hanging out with people who don't come to church and you're hanging out with people who talk bad about people or gossiping or in clicky crews, then that's probably who you are identified by. Just saying, we can be real. Uh, also, I would say to your friends, the people that you're hanging out with, what, what do you look like outside of church? Ask yourself that question. Like when I leave Wednesdays and Sundays, if I do come on Sundays, what is my attitude towards people? Because if I'm showing an attitude that is not of lightness and of Jesus, and I'm showing worldly attitudes to people, then people around me are not gonna wanna, people around me aren't gonna wanna know what I'm doing on Wednesday nights. Because the attitude I'm showing does not show Jesus. It's like, what am I doing outside of church that shows Jesus? Yeah, I think another big thing is, um, it's essentially what you said, but it's having integrity outside of this place. Like, you can't claim to know Jesus and you gossip about everybody. Right. Uh, you can't claim to know Jesus, but you lack forgiveness. You can't claim to know Jesus, but, um, you know, you struggle with, with, with certain things. Um, everybody has struggles. 
And the Holy Spirit compels us to prayerfully get through those struggles. But if we want to make Jesus known to people, uh, we have to give them something worth following. Uh, you, have to, you have to reflect Jesus in every aspect of your life. Am I claiming to reflect Jesus perfectly? Perfectly, I'm not claiming that I reflect Jesus perfectly. But the Bible says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So that means as, as perfectly as I can represent Jesus to my mom that does not know God, to my friends who do not know Jesus, I'm going to do the best I possibly can. So one thing I would do to your friends who don't know Jesus, pray that God would conform you into the image of Christ. When I first gave my life to Jesus, that was a prayer that I prayed almost every day. God, make me more like you. So when I come in contact with people who do not know you, they don't run away because they say, Malachi believes in God, but he really doesn't act much like a Christian. He doesn't behave like a Christian. Jesus, make me more like you. Mm. It's a really, really big one. Let me, uh... How do I stop my heart from being cold towards God? I think that's a pretty deep question. Because I, on one hand, I'd ask you what your relationship is with God, right? Like, what does your relationship look like with God for your heart to be cold with God? And have you truly let him into building a firm foundation with you? Um, because in a relationship with God, right, like I, I, I say this to, to any person I'm talking to. You can ask any student I ever had a conversation with. I get angry. I get angry with God. I get mad and I ask questions. But that doesn't change my heart towards God. Because my, my position and my faith is rooted in something of knowing that God and I Right, like it's not a like I'm not in a battle with God, right? Like, but I do ask questions. I do get frustrated, and I do have things I need to get off my chest sometimes. But at the same time, I know who saved me. I know who heals me. I know who provides. I know who is there for me always, always, always. And so there is no cold. So I would ask you, what does your relationship look like, and how can you break that tension? Right, like what does it look like to break that tension off? So there is no coldness towards God, and and learn how to build a firm foundation with the loving God who he is. Yeah. One thing I would say is every relationship with the Lord looks different. So someone who literally just gave their life to Jesus two weeks ago and someone who's been following Jesus for a decade, the relationship with God is going to look different. So what we may consider coldness could be completely different for each person. Um, one thing I would say is, um, shoot, I literally had it and I forgot it. I hate when that happens. Um, one thing I would say is, do you allow yourself to get angry with the Lord? Um, I think this is going to set somebody free because some people in here probably think that it's not okay to get angry with God. Uh, I get angry with God. I get upset. Uh, sometimes I ask God, why is this happening? This is unfair. Why, why are you allowing this to happen? I think when we don't allow ourselves to wrestle with God, we uh, get into a little bit of a cycle where we, where we get cold. Um, there are people in the Bible who get angry with Jesus. They get angry with God. They, they doubt God. They ask questions of God. God, why are you not 
helping me? God, why are you not here? Um, I think somebody in here needs to know God is not afraid of your, he's not afraid for you to be angry with him. Uh, I think God can handle your, your anger towards him. One thing that I would encourage you to do that set me free a couple years ago, I think it was um, Don Webster, for those who know who Don Webster is. Uh, she said, wrestle with God. Wrestle with God. If you are upset with God about something, tell him. Uh, a couple years ago, I got into a cycle of thinking, God, you just don't hear me. I pray and I pray and I pray and you just don't hear me. Like you're not listening. You don't love me. I literally told God, God, you don't love me. You don't care about me. And I yelled. Like I literally like was in my room and I was yelling at God. And I was like, God, you don't love me. You don't care about me. You don't hear me. You don't hear my prayers. You don't answer my prayers. And the thing is, um, when we wrestle with God, he leaves us with a limp afterwards. Mm. Um, so some of you guys need to wrestle with God and, and ask some tough questions. Ask God, like, God, why are you not doing this? And he'll show you. He'll be present with you. But sometimes we get in a cycle where we get cold towards God because we feel like God's not there. Wow. But sometimes we need to go to God and wrestle with him and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. Um, help me to still trust you and still believe you. That's good. I mean, I guess. <laughs> hey, Z, come up here. Yeah. Give it up for Z. I'm a little nervous. Okay, no, but what I was thinking, I was like, what, what do you need to give to God is what is possibly hindering you from, I mean, what is making you cold, my bad. What do you need to give? Like you were explaining anger and whatnot, your feelings, okay, the, the anger piece, the sadness, okay, let me give that to you. Ask the questions. Wrestle with God like you're saying, but that is giving him something, okay? Give, give him a question. Give him, okay, I got strife in my life, I'm give you this. Less than my life, I'm give you this. Whatever it might be, give him the stuff and your heart will start to change. It will start to warm up. Why? Because then he gets to work inside of you. If you're not giving nothing, there's no, you know, you're filling that void with, with worldly things or, or your idols, your own idols, whether that's emotions or feelings. And so when you let those go, then he can come in and warm it back up, if that makes sense. Thank you. I love it. Amen. Yeah, that's good. This mic smells like you now, bro. Why'd you say that? I don't know. Because it, it didn't smell like this before I gave it to him. And so now I'm just like, oh, this, whatever. Most awkward um, segue ever. Whatever, bro. Someone asked me, why did Talyn bleach his hair? Who cares? Just <laughs> let me live my life, okay? Um, how can I equip myself now for my family in the future? Pray. I think you preached on this. You preached on this. I so did. I, I want you to answer this question because what you preached that night was amazing. So Practical steps. Um, a lot of things that are helpful is practicality. Write down what you want. Know what you want. Um, first thing I'll say is write it down. Um, when I pray for your future family, I pray, I want this, 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 I want this. Write it down so that you know what you want. Um, who wants a fruitful 
family? Who wants a life-giving, fruitful family? Who wants a strong, healthy family when they get older? I hope everyone should raise their hand if you want a healthy, good family. Unfortunately, not everybody did, so I don't know. You guys, I want you, I want all of you guys to have healthy families. Um, but in order to get there, you have to know what you want. Ladies, what kind of husband do you want? Do you want a husband that will respect you and love you, honor you, serve you, care for you? Keep going. Fellas, what kind of wife do you want? And you guys can, it's funny, it's funny, you guys are laughing, but I'm serious. Because what's going to happen is, ladies, you guys are going to find the, oh gosh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get angry. Come on, somebody. Go off on these single fellas. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to talk to the ladies first. Oh, okay. All right. Ladies. Ladies. You are going to come across the first idiot who does not know Jesus, who doesn't know, who does not know what, what kind of family he wants, who, doesn't, who is not responsible, who doesn't know how to take care of money, who can't respect you. Who, who doesn't know what boundaries is. Oh, my. Who? What? No, like, like, ladies, seriously. You pray for a husband that is godly in character. Like, I, 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 I pray for you guys so much because there are, there are young men, and I'll just be honest, guys are stupid. Say that one more time. Say that, say that one more time. Say I'm that gonna, one more time. I'm going to say I'm going to say it again. Guys are stupid. Guys are dumb. We're dumb. We're dumb. Put your hands down. Ladies, ladies, pray for a man that will respect you. Who will love you. Loving you is not it, it, it's it's serving you. What you, need, what you ladies need to understand is that if you want a husband who will be a good father, a good husband, it is never too early to pray for that now. What do you want? Do you want a good husband? Pray for that. Write it down. Please write it down. What are the qualities that you want in a husband who's going to provide for you? who is going to love you, who is going to sacrifice for you, who is going to serve you, who is going to respect you, who is going to love your mother and your father, who is going to love your family, who is going to sacrifice on your behalf, who is going to put your needs above his. Ladies, it is never too late to pray for the husband that you want because what I fear for some of you is that you guys will not know what you want and you will come, a, a come across the first guy that gives you any bit of attention, and you're going to follow him, and you are not going to follow the godly man that God wants for you. And I fear for you. I genuinely do. Because some of you will not know the husband that you want, and you will follow blindly the first guy that gives you any bit of attention. Do not settle for a guy. Listen, ladies, do not settle for a guy who does not know Jesus. If a guy that you are, and listen, please, 
if a guy that you are currently talking to, and I'm not saying does he go to church. I don't care if he goes to church. I don't care if he does any of that. Does he love Jesus? Does his life look like Jesus? Does he serve Jesus? Does he read his word? Does he pray? Does he love and respect his parents? Does he have good friends? Is he hardworking and not lazy? Does he have a vision for the future? If any of you ladies come to me and say you like a guy, and the first thing you say is he goes to church, I don't care if he goes to church. Does he love Jesus? Does he look like Jesus? Because you ladies are going to, I don't want any of you ladies to follow the first idiot who just looks cute. Because some of you, seriously, I fear for you guys. Please, ladies, pray for your husband. Please, follow a guy who loves Jesus, who looks like Jesus, who prays, who respects, who honors, who loves, who is hardworking, who has a vision for the future. Fellas, pray for a woman that is honorable. She loves God. She prays, she serves, she's hardworking. Pray for that thing. It's important because you have to be intentional because if you're not intentional with your prayers, you're just going to be led into anything and you're not going to know if it's God or if it's you. You're going to be led by your feelings. You're going to be led by your emotions. You're going to be led by he looks cute, she looks beautiful. You guys are going to get into a relationship and none of it's going to be built on Jesus because you did not pray beforehand. Pray and be intentional. What kind of man do you want to be with? What kind of woman do you want to be with? You are not too young to pray about these things. That's it. Gosh. Wow. That was really good. Men, did you guys hear that? Like, no, no, no. Like the men in here, like the, the young, the young also, men in this place. Also, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Men, you should not be worrying about a girlfriend if you can't even clean your room. If you don't preach, come on, somebody. If you don't preach. Come on, somebody, if you don't preach, if your relationship with your mama ain't right, you don't need a girlfriend. Ladies, if the guy you like does not respect his mother, don't date him. Men, if you can't even clean your room, you shouldn't be worried about a girlfriend. Come on. If the, if the inside of your car has gum on the, the pedals. How are you going to take a girl out on a date? How are you, you going to take a girl out on a date? How can you take a girl out on a date? You can't even clean your room. You got $6 in your bank account. What, what are we doing here? All right, we'll leave the men alone. Leave the men alone. Leave the men alone. Leave the men alone. This guy, bro, he went off. That's crazy. I feel like we just lost half the fellas in our youth ministry. So um, we're trying to get more in here, and we're, like, pushing them out. So we love you. (laughs) Stop being dumb. Um, It's mutual. (laughs) It's mutual for both. I, I was a stupid high schooler. I'm not afraid to admit that. I was, I, yeah, my room wasn't clean and I had a girlfriend. So, um, <laughs> like, I'm in your shoes. So clean your room, Julian. Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. 
Next question. All right. So last question here is uh, faith and, and following Jesus is, is not easy. How do you guys keep going? So how do we keep going? How do we keep going? I, I sober myself firstly with a thought, and that thought is um, I'm going to keep following Jesus even when I am in pain and I want to quit. Um, one thing that I sober myself with is um, this life is not about my pleasure. This life is not about how I feel. God loves me. He cares for me, and he wants me to be, he wants me to experience the fruit of his blessing, but if I base my walk with God on how I feel, anything can destroy me. So I want you guys, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you base your, your walk with Jesus on how you feel? When you, when you feel good, that's when you're, that's when you're reading your word. When life has no problems, that's when you're praying. When life is good and everything's perfect, that's when you seek God. But when things are hard, when things are difficult, then you want nothing to do with God. <laughs> because some of you, really don't seek after God at all. But you come to UD every week. Some of you don't seek, to seek after God at all, but you come on Sundays. And the biggest thing that helps me to keep going, and I actually had a, also, for those who don't know, I was at a kid's camp. Uh, I was at a kid's camp two weeks ago. Then I was at another youth camp. That's why I wasn't here. I really missed you guys. Uh, but at that camp, I had a word spoken over me about, uh, by one of the leaders. And she said that you are a man that keeps God the treasure of your life. <laughs> one thing that's important to me and one thing that I've continuously asked myself, what is number one in your life? Is God number one? And it's very simple. Is God number one or is he not? Is God number one or is he not? Only you can answer that question. Is God the most important thing to you? Because what is most important to you will dictate everything that you do. Is God number one? And do you treat him as such? Is he the treasure, the number one thing in your life? What helps me to keep going is I pray, God, no matter what, I'm going to follow you. There's been so many people that I've known who have, who have walked away from Jesus there's so many people I know who have walked away from Jesus. One thing I tell myself and one thing I pray that God would keep me and I say, God, no matter what, I'm going to follow you. No matter what, I'm going to follow you. No matter what pain I feel, no matter how discouraged I feel, no matter how much I want to quit, no matter how dark this world gets, I will still follow you no matter what, no matter what. That's how I keep going. Yeah, for me, I, I would say it's two things. 
Number one is I've never felt something so consistent. I've tried everything. I'll be 30 next year, or 30 next month, I'm sorry. I'm old, I'm old, yes, I'm old. But I've tried everything. I've been around the block multiple times. And everything that I have tried besides Jesus has failed me. So I have never felt anything so consistent in my life. I've never felt a love so good in my life that when I make mistakes and I'm not on the right path and when I'm not doing things that I should be doing, this love is still consistent in my life. And I want that for the rest of my life. So you ask me why I keep going? Because it is consistent and it does not change and it is there whenever I need it. And I can feel down and bad and hurt, but I still have the love from God no matter what. The second thing is, is, is I'm married. And, and I know what I want my kids' lives to look like. So I'm building something. You ask the question, how do I equip myself now for my future family? I'm equipping myself now. So there is no quit. There is no give up. Yeah. There is only press forward. There is only lean in. There is only grow. There is only strength in pain. There is only continuing to push forward. That's all I know. Because I've said yes to Jesus, and I'm committing myself to that for the rest of my life. Because I want my kids my kids' 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 kids to be following Jesus. There is going to be an Austin household that says, for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord because of what I am doing today. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that. It's 8.33. Let's pray. <laughs> God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Jesus, that... Um, For anybody who, do, who, who does not know Jesus, for anybody who does not know Jesus in here, this is an open invitation for you. I just pray in my, I just feel in my spirit there's people here who just, they, they haven't sought, they haven't repented, they haven't asked for forgiveness, they haven't accepted Jesus. Um, God's grace is sufficient for you. He died on the cross. He shed his blood, his, his back was ripped open, he was betrayed, he was accused, he was mocked, he was spit upon, he was, he was ridiculed and crucified for us. And if there's anyone in this place who does not know the love of God, the Bible says that if we put our faith in Jesus, if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and we believe that our, in our hearts that he is the son of God, we will be saved. And that's an open invitation that the salvation from God does not need to be earned. You do not have to be good enough. You do not have to read the Bible enough. You do not have to go to church enough. The open gift of salvation is there for you. So I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, over anyone in the sound of my voice who does not know you. The gift of salvation is free for anyone to take. Your word says, Father God, to those who are thirsty, come to me and I will give them living water. Jesus, help us to have a vision for the families that we have now, families that we will have in the future. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We thank you for your consistent faithfulness. We thank you for the fact that you woke us up this morning, that you gave us breath, you gave us life. Help us to not take those small things for granted, Lord. But thank you, God, that you are moving and you are showing us more about you. Help us to be firm in who you are. Believe this in Jesus' name.